Good evening, everyone. Happy Sunday night in the rainy land of 10,000 lakes. I got rained out at my baseball game today, um, so we had some weather coming through. I'm Mark Lukey, of course. Uh, Stru is has a prior commitment tonight, so he might be calling in for a little bit, but he left me all by myself. But my good friend Eric Hegel, uh, luckily enough, uh, I dragged him along. He's a busy man, but he agreed to come in tonight. Eric, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks, Mark. And thanks for having me. It's been a while. Yeah, you've been on the show before, maybe twice or... Yeah, I was trying to think on the way over here. But yeah, a couple of years ago, maybe, and a couple of years before that. And uh, You well, had a meat locker thing going for a while. We helped you promote. Yes, that's right. The whole uh, the sportsman's freezer, medicine yeah. processing. And then, uh, yeah, we did, a, we did another bit a couple of years ago, I recall. So... Well, uh, for those that don't know, Eric is probably the guy I go fishing with the most, probably besides my children. So we we hit up the North Metro all the time together, hunting, fishing, and and the like. And uh, we have kids the same age, so we have very busy schedules. But he's nice enough to invite me, and and you got a new boat recently, and you invited me out to fish on that. So thank you, Eric. Oh, of course, I would say Eric's my guide when I fish locally because he knows uh, he knows what he's doing. Well, you get what you pay for. <laughs> You do get your what you pay for, and that's absolutely nothing. So uh, <laughs> thank you very much, Eric, for joining me. We have a great show tonight. Uh, we're going to speak with Strew in the first break here, see what he's up to. We are um, going to talk to Brenda Perlowski. She's the executive director of Minnesota Fly F- or Minnesota Fishing Museum and Hall of Fame. They have a couple big events coming up we're going to talk about, and I wanted to learn more about uh, the museum altogether. And then uh, the third break, we're going to have John Tremblay from Walton's, Inc., Walton's is an incredible company out of Wichita, Kansas. They sell everything but the meat. They're one of my biggest partners at Ron Share Productions. So I was lucky enough to invite him to our Canada trip to Wiley Point. And uh, I have a lot of stories there. We can go over some of those now, but some of them in the third break with John. I think he had a great time. I had a great time. I'm certainly, I gained about four pounds over four days. They fed you uh, three meals a day. So Eric, you just got back from a great trip, Eagle River. Now, Growing up in Wisconsin, you hear of this mythical place called Eagle River, where the fish bite like crazy, and and, uh, there's 55 to 60-inch muskies roaming freely. Um, A lot. uh, My brother-in-law had a place up there, so spends a lot of time up there. So we've always heard about this. I've never fished it. Have you ever fished it? I had not, and this was... uh, First off, I'll tell you all the mythical muskies are still... They're still swimming. Freely. Got yes. it. Same <laughs> as the Lake of the Woods muskies. By yes, the way. but uh, no, it was a good. It was a good trip. We were up there for my wife's family put together a family reunion involving twenty different people in one house together for the first time, and it, it's a whole separate story there. But <laughs> but the the fishing, I'd never fished the Eagle River area before. It's actually a whole chain of chain of lakes. It's mm-hmm. a it's a river system. And the best way I could probably describe it to someone from Minnesota, it would be like a Minnetonka, but spread out on in a chain. Okay. So there's eight or nine, maybe ten different lakes. A lot of mansions. A lot of money, a lot of mansions. A lot of wake it, boats. Wake boats, pontoons that are probably more, jet than, skis. more than my house. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and roaming bands of, of jet ski teenagers. So the, the fishing midday is, is a bit of a challenge, yeah. we'll put it that way. Well, but it gives I, you a break. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it it does. And so it's it's an earlier morning, later evening. But I'd never fished this chain, and I remember pulling up the lake map at first, and I'd even borrowed – it's midsummer, right? We're going right. to be on the reefs. We're going to be trolling open water. We're going to be – 
Well, the whole thing doesn't get down deeper than 20, 21 feet. So that, that trolling rig with the lead core that yeah. I borrowed from So you. I let you borrow my lead core to, you know, magically figure out how to use it correctly. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get there. And the and the <laughs> it was basically a, a basin type system with really tight weed lines yep. all along the shore. Yep. There were no humps. There were no sunken points. Like Centerville Lake. Yeah, like, like Centerville <laughs> Lake. So so we get there and we set up and I'm trying to think as I'm there with 20 people and the only one with a boat and the only one with any problem. Out of all the family, you were the only boat operator. We had a pontoon for for Like you rented around. one? Yeah. And, and a lot of kids. And, and so it was trying to more find some sort of pattern to be able to take yeah. people out. Like, I got a spot. We'll catch 10 bluegills. Yeah. Wasn't, that wasn't the case? No, that wasn't the case at all. It was uh, it was weeds out to six feet, and then it would drop off, and I didn't mark anything outside of that weed yeah. line. So you tried little yeah. dips and everything all yeah. over? and So it was basically blindly casting up into the weeds, trying to work fish that were in there, which right. which is fine if it was you and I going, um, yeah. but trying to instruct kids who've never fished before and right. people how to do it. So it was a lot of bobbers and yeah. – uh, and a little bit of casting. We couldn't really do much trolling, but we still we put together walleyes. Um, if you ask me, to that's re- incredible. Yeah, to repeat it, we, it was all random. <laughs> you said um, your uh, someone in your family was catching walleyes on wacky worms. Yeah, we were getting some. There was a guy there who brought some bass stuff along, and he picked up a couple on a wacky worm in five feet of water yep. in weeds. We got some up tight to shore, right at dark. We got some just over the weeds in the middle of the day. There was there was no rhyme or reason. I guess for me that was the frustrating part is trying to put together some sort of pattern to to say okay now we're gonna go out tonight and you're gonna come with me it was yeah it was random but we had a fish fry uh i think everybody had fun the weather was beautiful it it really is a gorgeous gorgeous system like right the, the lake the landscape everything is 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 beautiful so you figured it out man you had a fish fry one way or the other we got there <laughs> i think uh do we have someone on the line with us right now we do yeah, i got strew on strew you there buddy I am, but I can tell you right now, I don't like the guy who just spoke because he sounds better than I do. <laughs> he's younger, too. He's got more hair. This, he's, got, he's comfortable, he's good-looking, and it's not fair. Was that, is that Eric Eagle? It is Eric Eagle. Strewman, what's happening, buddy? Uh, well, as a matter of fact, we're just getting ready. I'm, I've got my family here, my, my wife and my daughter-in-law and my granddaughter, Parker, and we're going to go see a guy named Mick Sterling and the Stud Brothers at Crooners in Fridley in about five minutes of walking out the door here. So that's the plan. And we just cooked hamburgers. You talked about your fish fry. We just had hamburgers on the grill with uh, cobs of corn. Not as good as a fish fry, but it was still good. But we're doing well. So uh, I, didn't, I didn't listen to the first part of the show. You just came back from Lake of the Woods? I did. Just came back, got back Thursday. It was a, a wonderful couple days of fishing with all sorts of fishing celebrity types and uh i turn and burn go back up to canada on tuesday jeepers creepers you got a good life yeah one of these days you're gonna, one of these days you're gonna come home to an empty house and say where did she go <laughs> well i'm lucky so far i think they need a break from me as much as i need a break from them sometimes yeah i don't know if you spoke about this as well but how do the uh, the wooden bat tournament go today i uh, it was rainy. We we had some rain. Uh, Nick pitched two phenomenal innings. Uh, he had a six pitch inning, um, one two three up Whoa. down. Uh, they ended up losing it, and it, it was kind of touch and go. Right, we were winning. It was a fourth inning, and a downpour starts. Right, 
so we're yeah. all ready for them to call the game. And it downpoured and downpoured and downpoured. And the other team wanted to play because they weren't winning. And then so we played another inning, and we lost by two. Oh, but uh, it was a great experience. It was a lot of fun and uh, saw some new ballparks, met some new kids. So it was a overall good experience. Well, on a side note, since you're talking baseball a little bit here, I'm, I'm guessing Nick might, might have been watching the, the ball game at home, but the Twins were down 3-2 to two and going into the bottom of the ninth, and Kepler hit a home run to tie it up 3-3, three to three, and Walner, the kid from North St. Paul, or Floor Slake, Hit a home run and we won uh, five to three. Sweet. At bottom of the ninth, they're on a yeah, roll. That's kind of fun. Kind of fun. Uh, What's new with Eric Eagle? I, I miss you. I haven't seen you in a long time. It has been a while. Um, I was just telling a story. I just got back from a uh, a week long trip over to Eagle River, which uh, I think I kind of went through your stomping grounds on the way there. Shitek, Wisconsin. He, he drove through. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, we were up there for a, a family reunion and a lot of a lot of fishing, a lot of attempted fishing guiding. Uh, but the weather was beautiful, and it's uh, yeah, it's hard to believe we're in the beginning of August here already, huh? Well, your fishing—I don't know how yours went. Like you said, it wasn't as good as you would like. Mark, of course, way up north in Canada, did, did really well. But if you read the outdoor news here just this last week, I got just came home and read mine this morning. Steve Carney is one of the better guides out there. He just had some, the last couple of clients, I think, I don't know where they were, didn't catch a fish. He said the, the hot weather, you know, usually you can find crappies and sunfish someplace, but he said the 80-degree water temperature is not helping anybody. Yeah, and, and uh, that I'm glad he was so honest. And you know what other part of that article I liked? I liked he taught us what's expected when you tip a guide. And, yeah. uh I really appreciate that because I don't know. I, I want to do what's right, and I want to take care of the guy. I don't want to undertip. I don't want to weigh overtip. I, I thought that was really cool that he kind of just spelled it out like that. Yeah, I've always liked him because he tells it like it is. And there aren't a whole lot of guys who are going to be out there and saying, hey, hire me. By the way, the last couple of people I worked with didn't catch a fish. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that takes guts. He's a, he's a good man. And, and you know, and I, I think people have to understand that, the expectations, that's why they call it fishing. They don't call it catching, right? Right. No, yeah. I, I've been yeah. to some of the best fishing places in the world and got skunked, so I understand how it goes. Um, some days the fish just aren't biting, right? So you're excited about going fishing here. When are you leaving with your daddy? A couple of days? I leave on Tuesday driving up to Ear Falls, Ontario, um, a place I've never been to before. It's called Long-Legged Lake Lodge. on North. It's a really long name. It's actually on L- North Lake. Uh, so it's a nine-hour drive or so from here. It's one of those where I did at Wiley where you go to a dock and they boat you to the lodge. There's no direct road access to it. And yeah. um, I ta- we talked, to- we interviewed Jerry a couple weeks ago. I'm really excited. He seems like a really cool guy, and I'm excited to meet him, and uh, we should be catching fish. I was going to ask your dad how come he chose that place, but I think I already know the answer. Your dad probably chose that lake. Because he wanted to find a lake that reminded him of the women he liked, the long-legged <laughs> women. Yeah, that helps. So that helps. That, that helps, I tell you. Well, I tell you what. No, you guys have fun tonight. Have a great show. Thanks for letting me be us for a couple of seconds. We're going to walk out the door here and listen to some tunes. And um, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow the next day. And You guys have some fun, all right? Sounds good, Hey, Strew, before you go, I do got a quick shout-out for you. A uh, buddy of mine, Uh-oh. Scott. 
wanted me to say hi to you. He met you at the Capra's grand reopening deal and just loved you and has been listening ever since. So, Scott, I know you're listening now. Shout out to Scott. And he just wanted me to say hi for you, to you. And I would have yeah, done that, that off the air in person if you were here, but you're not. So, yeah. what, what, is, what is Scott's last name? Couldn't tell you. Okay. Well, <laughs> Scott, Scott couldn't tell you. But, hey, Scott, that's nice, man. If you're listening, thanks a lot. We have a lot of fun and uh, keep on listening to spreading the word. Take care of yourself. We'll have to get Scott on the air one of these days. That's yeah, what we'll uh-huh. do. You'll meet him at the fair, I'm sure. All right. Take care of yourself, guys. Thanks for being so nice right. and have a great night. Thanks, Drew. You bet. Bye bye. Well, while we have a little uh, break in the conversation, I'll do shout outs. Thanks, everyone that wrote to the Four Outdoorsmen shout out page. Uh, John Marshall says, Huge shout out to Shannon Cruz and Jackie Cruz for putting together a fun fishing day at the campground. That would be at Big Sandy, I believe. Those two, that's the stomping ground of those two. Twin Cities Walleys Unlimited says, Hope everyone had a safe and successful week on the water. The, with temps starting to cool down, the walleye action should be heating up. We're looking forward to our September meeting in a few weeks with Brad. Jory from Open Water Trolling Clinics speaking. That'd be a good one to go to. I need to learn more about open water trolling. Um, Corey Bechtel, of course, checks in. Uh, you can catch him at Lancaster coming up. And Jesse Koskinimi says, I'm getting my bear baiting gear ready to start baiting next week. Can't wait. Thank you, everyone, for writing in. And uh, I, we appreciate it. We appreciate you guys being faithful listeners every week. So we'll get more into my fishing stories, but... I did try some new things that worked really well, Eric, and uh, I've I've never been a big plastics for walleye jigging, and I I'm starting to be converted. You, you I mean it works better than live? Bait. I don't know if it works better, but in a situation like Lake of the Woods where you will be catching a fish or getting a bite every I don't know 15 seconds of being on the bottom. And we had a guide one day. I honestly felt bad for making the 80-year-old guy, Harry, put on minnows for me nonstop like I'm a toddler. So I'm like, he's like, you know, I use this plastic and it works pretty good. I'm like, you know what, Harry, I'll try it. So what's interesting to me is he didn't use a regular jig tail. He used a long tube that's almost like a Ned rig plastic, like a long stick. But it was really wobbly and it had a forked tail. And he said that mimics the the bait fish on the bottom. So it was like purple and had a fork tail. And when you jig it, it does flop up and down really well. And uh, I use that. And, and I don't think I got less strikes because of it. And I would, I would say I, I think I've played around with it more now over the last couple of years than maybe I have in the past. Because your default is always live bait's going right, to be better. Of regardless course. of what they say on the yep. TV show. Um, right, it, but I, I think if you're if you have fish and they're neutral to aggressive, yeah, um, and it's more of a reaction bite. Yep, the ability to cast it with abandon, right, right, and and not have to be constantly digging in a minnow bucket or dealing with dead shiners yep. or leeches thing, and especially if you're out with with other people. Like I looked to my my last week here when you have a boat full of kids or right. or people who maybe don't fish that often. The amount of time you save just not having to deal with bait, yeah, uh, you can bring it as a as a backup, but and you can get it right back down. The great thing about plastics is every time I'd get a bite with a minnow, I know that the minnow was off, yeah. right? Yeah. So with the plastic, I knew it was on. So there's many times where I'd get a bite, I go to set the hook, I miss it, let it fall back down, and then I get them. Yeah. So I think the hookup rate was much better because you're not you know cranking and changing, but. Um, you know, where we fish and it's a little, little harder and there isn't quite the numbers. 
we'll probably stick with live bait. But I'll tell you, you know what else did really well for me is a jig and wrap. It's the first time I've really used a jig and wrap. It was just so handy to get down so fast. Um, they do snag a lot of rocks and a lot of nets. There's <laughs> yeah. so many hooks on those things. And uh, so that's an issue up there, especially because every rock wants to eat your, your lure up there. But uh, I'll talk about it with John. John, I tied one on, teaching him how to use it, even though I'm no expert at it. Mm-hmm. He caught his biggest fish of the trip in about five minutes. They, they can be fun, but I, I, it's the same thing. I, I've had the jigging wraps right in the boat for four years because I yep. watched a show. And right. It was the new, yep. the next thing. And y- you, you always default to what you're comfortable with. Right. And, and I think with anything in fishing, it's, it's spending a little bit of time to build the confidence. And, and yep. once, you, once you have it, then this is – now you're the evangelist, but it, <laughs> it, takes, it takes a little bit. To, it's good to have a lot in your arsenal because depending on the situation – um, for me, this trip, plastics work, man. So keep it in your boat. Give it a try. You never know. But um, when we're fishing on our local lakes and there's two fish in the lake, let's stick with live bait. What do you say? That <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break here. Up next is Brenda Perlowski, the executive director of the Minnesota Fishing Museum and Hall of Fame. Back in a minute. Missed part of Bob Outdoors? No problem. Just click on the Weekend tab at MyBobCountry.com to listen back to the Four Outdoorsmen anytime. It is no secret how the Four Outdoorsmen feel about Devil's Lake, North Dakota. There's so much to do for the entire family, whether or not you hunt or fish. Steve Carney as well, one of the most successful and respected guides in the Midwest. Well, he's hooked on Devil's Lake. After his most recent guiding trip there, Steve said, quote, Hey, Devil's Lake just might be the best fishery I've ever been on. I've got myself a walleye hangover. I think that's a pretty good thing. Hey, plan your next trip at devilslakend.com. If you love the outdoors and haven't stepped into Capra's on Highway 65 in Blaine, here's what you can expect. It has a huge gun shop loaded with specialty ammo and one of the best gunsmiths in the state. It has a complete archery shop with a 20-yard range on site. It has all the fishing tackle, rods, and electronics you could possibly need. To top it off, the employees are experts with decades of experience. Go check it out and say hi to Sam, Capra's Outdoors. Hey, fishing in and around Ely is going strong, but it's not too early to think grouse hunting. The numbers are way up in Arrowhead Outdoors Bait Hunting Camping Store. Well, they're ready. Arrowhead Outdoors, the very best, and Chris and Steve have more of whatever you're going to need than any other store in the area. Hey, fishing around Ely's always been great. Well, grouse hunting is exactly the same, just like Arrowhead Outdoors. Plan your next fall trip right now and work with the very, very best. That's Arrowhead Outdoors, Ely, Minnesota. Hey, Balsam Beach Resort would make it on a 10-acre pond because Clint and Patty worked their butts off to make sure of it. In fact, Clint and Patty were voted Resorters of the Year a couple of years back. But the 2,500 acres of the serene Lake Plantagenet, that's a big draw. Walleyes and panfish, mm, there's plenty of them. But musky fishing is as good as it gets. Last year, a high school kid caught two different 50-plus-inch muskies on back-to-back days on Lake Plantagenet. It's only five miles south of Bemidji. That's Balsam Beach Resort. 
Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with the combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. Power Lodge is the number one source for ATVs in the upper Midwest. With the top three brands, including Polaris, CF Moto, and Can-Am, you're able to test drive them all in a head-to-head -head comparison to find the perfect ATV for hunting, ice fishing, plowing, and having the best time possible on four wheels. Power Lodge also offers all the best gear to fully customize your off-road vehicle, including plows, windshields, heated hand grips, gun scabbards, and more. Minnesota's largest outdoor event returns for its 42nd year, Game Fair. Check out dozens of hunting, fishing, and dog training seminars. Visitors can see more than 300 exhibitors, plus enjoy games for dogs and youth. Test the latest equipment and enjoy the world-famous Duck and Goose Calling Contest. Game Fair runs two weekends, rain or shine, August 11th, 12th, and 13th, and August 18th, 19th, and 20th at the Armstrong Ranch in Ramsey. See details at GameFair.com. LifeCare provides valuable whole life insurance to cover final expenses such as medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debt. A final expense insurance policy is fast, easy, affordable life insurance that's available to anyone between the ages of 50 and 80. No medical exams, no lengthy questionnaires, and no waiting period. The application process is quick and easy. You can even apply without having to undergo a medical examination. Just answer a few questions and we'll do the rest. With the average funeral cost skyrocketing to $11,000 and Social Security only paying $255, you need simple, affordable peace of mind for you and your whole family. Don't leave behind unpaid expenses, expenses that, if left unattended, will burden your family tremendously. Benefits include a guaranteed premium that will never increase, a guaranteed cash value, and a guaranteed death benefit that can never decrease. To find out how you can get final expense insurance with a guaranteed lifetime rate log, call LifeCare at 800-914-0465. That's 800-914-0465. 800-914-0465. Sponsored by Everquote. Total Country Welcome back to the Four Outdoorsmen Radio Show. We are a hunting, fishing, outdoor-related show. We don't particularly know what we're doing that much, but we like talking to people who do. We like talking stories. We like meeting new people. And one of those people that I've met recently is on the line right now. Brenda Perlowski, are you there? I am here. Now, Brenda, I uh, Facebook stalked you a little bit, and we have a lot of mutual friends, so you must be a big deal in the fishing industry. Is that correct? I don't know if I'm a big deal, but I sure like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much. I believe you reached out a few weeks ago on uh, Instagram or one of those and uh, talked about some upcoming events, and I thought it would be a great time to introduce the world to you, to our listeners anyway and uh, learn more about the fishing Minnesota Fishing Museum and Hall of Fame, some big events you have coming up, and uh, get some fishing stories from you. How's that sound? Oh, it sounds great. I appreciate that you guys having us on. So that is a pretty cool job to be executive director of Minnesota Fishing Museum. Tell us a little bit about your background. Is Were you uh, 
out of the womb fishing? Did, did someone help you along the way? Tell us your fishing love story. You know what? I have the best job in the world. You know what? Because everybody comes to the Fishing Museum Hall of Fame. Everybody's happy. <laughs> <laughs> nobody comes in there. Nobody comes in there angry. But you know what? You know, I don't really have a hunting or fishing background, but I've always done it. Um, actually, I grew up on a farm, so we always kind of snuck away whenever I could. Yep. My dad always told me no, but I snuck away anyways. I've always hunted. Um, fishing wasn't as big in our family, but I still like to do it. I've always went deer hunting. I've taught both of my kids how to hunt. Still have, you know, um, my daughter, I taught them, you know, she's gotten her first buck. It's been some pretty good, pretty good stories. Of course, you know, didn't listen to me the first time, but the <laughs> second time she shot it in, in pink uh, pajamas, you know, that's okay. It worked. She had the right. Right yeah. amount of blaze orange on, but she was in pink pajamas. But, yeah, I mean, love love my job. It's a great place. And uh, if you've never seen it, never heard of us, I know we don't have a, a huge budget, but, you know, you've got to come check us out. Where did you grow up? Did you grow up near Little Falls? I did, actually. Yep, right around the uh, Randall area. So. so did you grow yeah. up fishing on the Mississippi River, or what was your go-to growing up? You know what? We actually went to a little lake called Round Lake. It's only a few miles from our house, so we would just sneak over there and get a few bass, get a few sunnies, and whatever we could catch. Bullheads? <laughs> did you catch bullheads? My, uh, I come from a farming did. family, too, and, and bullheads were like uh, caviar to us. It was like the, the <laughs> best thing you could catch, and now I can't stand them. But at the time, bullheads, yeah, we don't them now either. bullheads were the way to go. But... Um, that's great. And how long have you been working there? You know, I started there in 2014. So I took over as the executive director in 2016. So, yeah, I've been there for a while now. Actually, we took over the Hall of Fame in 2013. And so mm-hmm. a funny story is my first job was, you know what, Brenda, you need to get all the phone numbers and email addresses for the Hall of Fame members. For some reason, we didn't have them. And it's not an easy task to do. <laughs> you know, first job, nobody knew my name, nobody knew who I was. And so, I'm like, so I'm calling these people cold turkey, and they're like, who are you? What do you want? I'm not giving you my phone number. And I left, I'm sure most of your readers or your listeners will remember uh, Randy Amarud. Mm-hmm. My God, I got a hold of Randy, and he said, uh, you know, he, he, he listened, he gave me a few numbers. And the funniest story I had, I got a hold of the Grizz. The oh, Grizz yeah. uh, answered the phone. He goes, young lady, you're lucky it's, you know, I'm still here. You know, <laughs> he, he gave me a few numbers, and it's just pretty much from there. It's all history. But it was, that's probably one of the funniest stories, just trying to get everybody's phone numbers and everything. Yeah, I and bet, building that database. <laughs> I bet a lot of those guys are retired and don't really want to be found anymore. So that well, was they, tough. They, they do now by me, but, you know, they all love to talk to me now. But back then they didn't want to talk to me because they didn't know who I was. <laughs> they, they, didn't, they didn't think I was real. <laughs> <laughs> well, w- when you call me to say I'm inducted to the Hall of Fame, I won't believe you either. So there okay, you go. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of people, they're, they're pretty shocked when I make that phone call around January. They're like, who is this? You're calling me for what? Yeah. Is this real? How much like, do I owe you know, for this, yeah. or who do I owe yeah, for this? Yeah, they, they all think it's a prank call. They all think it's a prank <laughs> call. It's a fun, it's fun call to make, though. 
<laughs> That's great. So uh, Little Falls, what's the best way to get there from like the Twin Cities? Is it just like Highway 10 out west or what, how do you get there yep. from the Twin Cities? You know, I just jump on 94, head up Highway 10 and then just great. You know, we're the central of Minnesota. So just yeah. jump off, jump right off there. And just once you get off Highway 10, take the exit and we're just two miles right in through town on 27. Awesome. I I can't yeah. believe I haven't been there yet. I, I got to go soon. I drive through there all the time. It's one of those uh, things that should be a pilgrimage for any fisherman. So I promise I will see you soon. Okay. That sounds good. I'll take you up on it. Come check us out. What, you um, don't want to miss it. We're just 304 West Broadway. We'll, we'll talk you know? about so. uh, the Hall of Fame and the big event you have coming up pretty soon. But as far as the fishing museum, what kind of stuff can people see in, in the Minnesota Fishing Museum? You know, when you walk in, of course, we've got the official gift shop, so we've got some really awesome things they can check out there, from T-shirts, sweatshirts, you know, stickers, uh, pretty much anything you can think that you'd want to see in a gift shop. But um, we've got the replicas of the Minnesota State Record fish. Um, those are pretty awesome. Everybody wants to see the big ones, you know. I'd like to catch some of those, but my name's not on any of them yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, we do over 108 uh, motors on display. Our oldest little motor that we have is like a 1902 submerged electric motor. And if you think about that, 1902, it was electric. So, yeah. you know, electricity on a, on on the water, not in the house, but kind of fun. We do have like a 270-gallon aquarium. We have Gary Roach's original uh, guide boat. We cool. found it was pretty pretty beat up and just needed some love, and so... Thank you to Lund Boats and a few other people. We actually had Mills uh, up in Brainerd. They helped us restore it. And so did you know that Gary Roach was one of the first people to put uh, a live well in his boat? I did not so know that. Yeah, so he um, he did that, and so that's on display. We do have a memory boat, which is also in there. Larson's uh, was actually built in Little Falls, so they had the in 1949, they had a big fire. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of the boats that they made after the fire. So that's on display. We've got one of Crestliner's 1955, little runabout uh, fishing boat in there as well. Um, Albert and Maury Save were one of our founders, but at, we got kind of a, like uh, Al's Frozen Pond. So basically it's a diorama mm-hmm. complete with like a winter diorama, and it's got a um, dark house in there with the northern coming in ready to be sphered. So that's pretty cool to see. Um, we've got a cabin, we've got just, there's so much stuff, and we've got, of course, the original, the case that basically started it all. Al was going to become a big-time collector, and so he had a 1912 Surferino in there, and mm-hmm. he took it in for an appraiser, and there's just a fun story, but if you come in, I'll tell you the whole story. <laughs> um, say, hey, Brenda, it's Eric here. See, that's the teaser. Um, I can't tell you the whole reason, you know? <laughs> Because if I tell you all the all the listeners now, they won't want to come in. That's I perfect. Have no cool stories to tell. Them. <laughs> uh, hey, Brenda, this is Eric. Uh, I'm curious. Are you open year round? We are. We actually close. There's only a little. We close in December for about a month, and you know that kind of leads us up to we are we, the only time we have different hours is uh, during Christmas Tree Lane. That's one of our big fundraisers. That starts like the day after Thanksgiving. Um, we open, we're open from 10 to, um, well, actually 10 to 6 on Saturdays and then noon to uh, 6 on just the rest of the days. And that'll be on our website, too. But that's the only time we have different hours. Otherwise, we're open Wednesday through Saturday, 10 to 5. 
Oh, okay. So, no, because I was I was thinking I'm involved a lot with the the Cub Scouts down here, and I was thinking this this would be an awesome type of thing for a, a youth group or a, a Cub Scout pack or uh, oh, to come yeah. check out. Do you do a lot of group uh, youth oriented type things like that? Or people absolutely, like- yep. We do. We actually all week last week we had uh, tours actually, and if we're going to have a big group come in, like um, we have scavenger hunts and everything for them, but we will open up. If they've got a big group, we'll we'll make arrangements. Like we had them Tuesday through Friday, so as long as we know about it and you call in advance, we'll schedule it. Heck I w- yeah, I was going to say if, we'll, if there's we'll anyone like myself we'll or any other group leaders out there listening, would they would they just pick up the phone, and give you a call, or absolutely, yep, send me an email, give me a call, we'll make something work for you. Awesome! No, that sounds great. Well, you have yeah. you have two big events I want to get to while we have you on the phone. Um, the yeah. o- official enrichment of the Hall of Fame enshrinement, I guess that's the word. Enshrinement will take place Friday, September twenty second, twenty twenty three, at the Rice Creek Hunting Rec and Event Center in Little Falls. Uh, for details, visit visit fishinghalloffamemn dot com. Tell us a little bit about that event. That sounds like it would be a great great thing to go to. You know, if you have, ne- I mean, a lot of people have never seen this, but this is open to the public. You know, we're inducting the class of 2023. We are inducting Tom Carlson, Russ Francisco, uh, Hank Ebert, you know, Jeff Sundin, and we've got FM Wally's Unlimited and Reeds. And so, you know, it's a great class of people and, you know, organizations, but it is so amazing. Um you know what? And all the legends come down. Mm-hmm. They tell stories. You get to meet them. Um, there's beforehand. We have a nice. The doors open at basically four o'clock. Um, then we have a nice dinner. Uh, Rice Creek. I mean, I can't say anything more. If you're looking, even just come want to come for a great dinner. I mean, mm-hmm. the the food there is phenomenal. Um, so we do a dinner at from five thirty to six thirty, and then we actually do the induction ceremony. So that's when you hear some great stories and. You know, it, it's just amazing to see these guys. I mean, so much fun, so much history, so much just wow. <laughs> you know, and I've been doing this for a while. And, you know, in a lot of industries, you, you can't always say that everyone you meet is super right. awesome, super nice. Right. But I have not met a jerk yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still young. They'll come. I am not that young. I'm not that young. And, you know what? You can't always say that, you know, that's and true. it's like these guys are all awesome, you know, and that's what's so cool about this industry. Super nice people, super, I mean, it's just, that's where you want to come to see some great people. Brenda, we have two <laughs> minutes. Um, you also oh, have sorry. a great, um, another event coming up, the Christmas Tree Lane Fundraiser. Can you uh, take a minute to talk about that a little bit? Yep, we actually do it. It's our big fundraiser. It keeps us basically helps keep us open for the for the winter months. Um, we do a silent auction, so we have over seventy five Christmas trees, wreaths, and, and baskets that are on display. So when you would normally come to see the museum and see um, fishing items, this is not necessarily when you're going to do that. We basically turn off all the big lights, and if you love Christmas and you love winter wonderlands, that's when you're going to want to come and do it. Um, it is something. It's just wonderful i mean i people come from the cities they come from all over just to come and check us out we do team up with three other groups so it's basically a definitely a day trip to come and check everything out 
Santa Claus is there. Rapla helps us out. They do the, the corner. We do have other areas, but there's a ton of, if you're looking for Christmas items, it's definitely the time to come and bid on something for, you know, your fishing folks, you know, get your Christmas mm-hmm. items done. You don't have to wrap your, your presents, but it's definitely something to come and check out. Um, that's great. That's great. Thank you so much, Brenda. It's Brenda Perlowski, Executive Director of the Minnesota Fishing Museum and Hall of Fame. Go check them out in Little Falls. Make a pilgrimage and see all the cool stuff and say hi to Brenda. Tell them the four outdoorsmen sent you, and uh, I will see you soon. I promise you that, Brenda. Thank you so much for having us. You know, memberships keep us alive. Come, yep. come see us. Yep, and be a member. So thank <laughs> you right. so much, and yep. we'll talk soon. Have a great day. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, up next is John Tremblay of Walton's Inc. He's going to talk about our trip to the Canada side of Lake of the Woods. We'll get his impressions, and I have a lot of meat questions. He is a meat barbecue curing expert. Listen to Total Country Bob FM anytime, anywhere, online at mybobcountry.com. Thanks to Aurora Asphalt and Concrete. Go to aurora-asphalt.com for a free, quick estimate. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit devilslakend.com, and thanks. If you love the outdoors and haven't stepped into Capra's on Highway 65 in Blaine, here's what you can expect. It has a huge gun shop loaded with specialty ammo and one of the best gunsmiths in the state. It has a complete archery shop with a 20-yard range on site. It has all the fishing tackle, rods, and electronics you could possibly need. To top it off, the employees are experts with decades of experience. Go check it out and say hi to Sam, Capra's Outdoors. Lazy H Kennels reminds listeners there's always a need for new blood donors. If you're able to give blood, you can make a difference. So this season, be a friend for life. Give blood today. Supporting our summer blood donor campaign, it's Lazy H Kennels. Located at 17030 211th Avenue Northwest in Big Lake for 22 years. Contact Debbie at 763-263-5800. That's 263-5800. Call today. Lazy H Kennels. Thanking our listeners and customers for a busy summer season. It's a privilege to be able to brag about Arrowhead Outdoors of Ely every week. It's the oldest bait store in Ely. Arrowhead is Ely's largest provider of live bait with a huge selection of tackle, camping, and hunting supplies. And there's a very good chance you're going to walk out of that store knowing you've met two new, very helpful friends. You're pulling a trailer? Arrowhead Outdoors offers every customer off-street parking, and that's rare in Ely, Minnesota. Hey, tell Chris and Steve you were sent by the four outdoorsmen. Go catch a few fish. Arrowhead Outdoors, EliMN.com. Hey, Balsam Beach Resort is just five miles south of Bemidji. Not just to fish, but completely enjoy a memorable family experience. Sure, multi-species fishing on beautiful Lake Plantagenet is superb. But with the heated pool, all the lakeshore water toys, basketball court, bonfires at night, Balsam Beach Resort is a must. Patty and Clint, they work their butts off to make sure that the cabins and grounds are spotless and your guests are going to make memories and they're going to last a lifetime. Trust Strewman on this one. Check out BalsamBeachResort.com. 
Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with the combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. PowerLodge is the number one source for ATVs in the upper Midwest. With the top three brands, including Polaris, CF Moto, and Can-Am, you're able to test drive them all in a head-to-head -head comparison to find the perfect ATV for hunting, ice fishing, plowing, and having the best time possible on four wheels. PowerLodge also offers all the best gear to fully customize your off-road vehicle, including plows, windshields, heated hand grips, gun scabbards, and more. Welcome back to the Four Outdoorsman Show on Bob Radio Network, blasting all across the great state of Minnesota. We have a, we had a recent visitor to Minnesota from Kansas, a good friend of mine, Mr. John Tremblay. Are you there, buddy? Yeah, how you doing, Mark? I'm doing great, man. Uh, we just got back from a great trip. I wanted to recap some of the highlights with you a little bit, and I happen to have in studio one of my best friends who's also my grilling, curing, meat processing buddy. So we are stacked and loaded with all sorts of questions for you. Let's do it. Before we start, let me just real quick say, every time I drive through Minnesota, I am shocked by how beautiful it is up there. You have a beautiful part of the country. I'm very jealous. Well, coming from Kansas, uh, that's, not, <laughs> that's not saying a lot, but what you say is what you lack for in lakes you have wonderful people and everyone i've met from kansas is awesome so shout out to kansas but yes we do have a lot more lakes going on and you are a fisherman now due to your geography you're primarily a bass fisherman of course and uh yeah. i saw that come out when we were up north i mean we're all reeling in walleyes john is just reeling in smallmouth like it's nobody's business well we pulled up to one spot and i pulled in three smallmouth and five cats we eventually, we had to leave right after that because of weather, but you mentioned it on the way out, like, it was surprising. But no, that's the type of fishing I'm used to. <laughs> this walleye stuff of just dropping a line down and picking it up. I'm, I don't know if I have ADHD, super ADD, whatever it is, but I can't pay attention to that. I probably miss, I don't know how many strikes by, like, thinking, huh, I wonder what's going on at home, at work, all these things. <laughs> I need more action than that. Well, I know you needed action because your eyes would light up whenever we'd take you musky fishing because I think that's more of your natural tendency. See, I like sitting my lazy butt and jigging straight down and pulling up 18-inch fish. You like getting up at 4 a.m. with Travis Frank, casting your butt off all day long to maybe have a follow, and that was satisfying for you where I'm like, hey, Ron, take me over to the nearest hump and uh, let's catch some walleyes. For somebody as big and as strong as you are, I've never heard somebody complain about casting so much. As if it's this huge workout. Throw a line out there and reel it back in. Um, well, yeah, I, the, the, 
the uh, lures are going to be a little bit heavier, so it's a little bit more, you know, to, to reel that in. And then your figure eights were the laziest thing I've ever seen. In fact, we, we fished with Ron, uh, Ron Scherer at the end of one of the days, and you loved the fact that he just wanted you to do a circle yep. instead of that full figure eight. Ooh, that was your favorite thing. I liked fishing muskies with Ron for two reasons. First, he gave me a topwater, which is a hundred times easier to reel in than those giant double-bladed spinners. And then he also cut my figure eight in half. Basically, I had to do half the work just doing a big loop. Now, there was quite a debate back at camp about whether Ron was right or not. Now, everyone involved has caught plenty of muskies, so it's hard to uh, judge who knows more about muskie fishing. But I'll, I'll go with Ron's version any day of the week. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm on Travis and Bill's side. <laughs> I understand. Well, I wanted to get one or two quick fun stories. One is the time that uh, we're on, I think we should say Lake X because it is a, a super secret lake, right? It wasn't even mapped. It was way up there. And you're, you're just reeling in smallmouth one after another. And we see a thunderhead cloud coming across the lake. And up there, things move really quickly. And I'm reeling in and all of a sudden I hear, I feel a shock. And I don't know what's going on. I keep reeling. I get zapped again. I look down. I see an actual electrical arc going from my line to my finger. I thought I was standing on a wire. No, it was it was actually the static in the air. So it was um, it was time to leave. It was time to leave, oh, right, John? Thought you, I thought you were lying the entire time. I was like, well, what is he talking about? This guy's insane. And then we we get off the boat onto land, and I mean downpouring. Um, I had some frog tog pants, which worked really well, but my uh, rain gear jacket, not the most uh, rainproof, let's say. You look really comfortable in your blackfish, That You didn't look like any rain got through. Yeah, uh, Blackfish, uh, thank goodness, is one of our sponsors, and you just gave him a great compliment. So yes, my blackfish gear kept me bone dry, brother. Well, I'm glad I did that, but I'm sitting there laughing because I just, I love when everybody's in misery together. Like yeah. that's the, that's what makes memories in my mind. I will look back and always remember that just us sitting there laughing, getting poured on, taking pictures. Uh, but you know, I went from, from catching three fish and five casts. So we fished for musky the rest of the day. I didn't catch anything. And it was still, I say a top five all time fishing day for me. Because the scenery was unbelievably beautiful, yeah. and we had such just a good crew, the four of us were laughing nonstop. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the day with Bill Shirk, and and I pre I work with Bill obviously every day. I see him. I've never spent a whole day in the boat with him, but we were with him and then Whitey from the Minnesota Wild. I I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. We had uh, he caught a monster smallmouth on a musky topwater lure that was incredible. We missed about ten fish. And uh, he also hooked his uh, private parts with the musky lure. <laughs> I do have a picture of that. I do have a picture of that. That was pretty funny. We have we have pictures of that. So yeah, it was uh, it was a great trip. It was my first time there. It was your first time up there. I, I hope you get to come back with me, right? I hundred percent will if I'm invited. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, for those of you that don't know, John is with Walton Zinc out of Kansas. They sell everything you could possibly need for food processing, 
Uh, they, they sell a lot of vacuum sealers, a lot of bags, a lot of grinders and spices. They have spices for absolutely anything you need. I love them. I order them all the time. And so John is my go-to whenever I need to process meat and I'm still on amateur level, John, but they, um, they make a video just about to do anything called meat logistics. Uh, it's available in podcast or on YouTube. It is absolutely fascinating to learn how to do this stuff. And, uh, so yeah, we're, let's talk, let's talk meat processing a little bit. John, are you okay with that? Absolutely. Well, I think, uh, my buddy Eric might have a question. Eric is the guy that's adventurous enough to try new things. Kind of like you, he'll, he'll get his wild game and he'll try a new thing. He's had some real winners and some real losers and most of them are winners. But, uh, Eric, do you have any questions for John boy? Oh, probably about 101, but I, uh, I, I was thinking about that on the way over here. John, I, uh, I think I fall into that, uh, that category of I, I like butchering and processing almost as much as shooting them, right, and uh, just trying different things. I'm on a big pastrami kick right now where, uh, where I order that, uh, the Sure Cure that you guys sell, basically the Prague powder, and then I do a dry rub with uh, – with some seasoning and then smoke it into a pastrami and, and whether it's goose or whether it's venison, um, I know we've got early goose season kicking off in just, uh, four weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty pumped about that, but I'm curious when I've done that, I've also used your corned beef brine for that, but do you sell a dry rub or, or anything like that for, for a pastrami? Not for pastrami. No, you're going to want to use the, the corned beef cure would be your best bet okay. to make a pastrami. Gotcha. Now, real quick, just, just to touch on this, because I, I brought it up when I was talking to Travis. I know people like goose pastrami, but I'd urge you to go find some pork fat and just use your goose for sausage. It is so good in a sausage. Some of my the goose pepperoni is in my top five of all time. I've made two different flavors of goose sausage that are in my top ten of all time, one smoked, one fresh. There's something about the texture, the color, and the taste of goose that just works really, really well with pork fat and in any type of sausage. Let me let me ask you on that then. If I do a, a summer sausage with goose, what what kind of temp am I going to take that to? So we run into a couple of things here. Um, 160 is what we'll always say. 160 is what is considered the point of instant lethality. That's when it's going to kill everything. Now, there's this thing called Appendix A. That's from the USDA, and it's basically a time and temperature chart. Uh, it really only applies to pork and beef, but people also apply it to wild game. Um, in our official statement, is all wild game should be cooked up to 160 or 165 with poultry, um, but not everybody does that. Um, like if you're cooking a beef summer sausage and you get it to 155, there's every chance in the world that that has already reached instant lethality because the time you need to keep it at 155 for it to be completely safe is, I, I don't know what exactly, but it's under two minutes. It's highly unlikely that you're taking your internal temperature of a summer sausage from 155 to 160 in you know, anything less than 15 to 20 minutes. So is that, the, is that that whole log reduction mathematics? It's exactly that. Yeah, seven, Yep, seven log reduction. Very good. So you do know this stuff. 
Good job. <laughs> well, I've looked it up. I wouldn't say I understand it, but I know I don't think I've ever taken a summer sausage to 160. I just don't have the patience for that. Uh, sure. But I've looked at that chart and I look at the time and I think, uh, yeah, I think it's been there for 32 minutes or whatever it says it needs to be. So, Have you ever tried finishing a uh, summer sausage in a sous vide cooker? I have not. I've seen that. that that's a whole water bath or, or sous vide to, to keep it from getting waterlogged, I guess. Yeah, so we cook it to 130 degrees, uh, at least 130 degrees internal temperature, and then you can move it right into a water bath that you have a CD cooker going in. You don't even need to vacuum seal it. You can just put it right in there. And then the only thing you have to pay attention to is if you use any encapsulated products. I don't know if you use encapsulated citric acid up there. Um, but encapsulated citric acid is simply citric acid that's encased in uh, an encapsulation of palm seed oil. And it needs to stay above 130 degrees for at least an hour to fully melt that encapsulation. If you don't leave it above that for that time, you'll end up with like almost a little bit of a gritty feel. Um, it'll mostly be on the outside of the sausage, but it'll kind of be throughout. And if you're cooking it sous vide, you can go from 130 to 160 in under an hour. So you just got to be careful in that one thing. All right. And if I do that, I don't lose any of my smokiness that I've spent the previous 24 no. hours getting in there? I had, When I first learned of this, it, somebody brought this up on Meatistics like four years ago, five years ago maybe, and I was so resistant to try it. So I did it, vacuum sealed him a few times, did it, thought it was amazing, and he kept telling me, he's like, you don't need to vacuum seal it. So finally I tried it without vacuum sealing it, and he was right. And I, I do it all the time now, and I never vacuum seal it. Don't, it doesn't get waterlogged, and it doesn't lose any of the smoke flavor. Oh, that is awesome. I'm going to have to try that and because I, uh, I know that last 20 degrees is usually the most painful. <laughs> and, uh, you're so close to overcooking yeah, it. You want to make just, it you're safe. You're tempted to try it and bump it up. Well, that's the thing about sous vide, right, is you can't overcook it, right? You set the water for a temp and you know it's not going to get hotter than that. Exactly. Now, I would say with a uh, thicker diameter sausage like a summer sausage, we don't want to set it at 160 because that is going to take a while. So if you're doing a two-inch, uh, diameter, I usually say set it for 170, <clears throat> excuse me, 170, and if you're doing thicker than two inch, I would say 174, something like that, and just keep an eye on it. One other advantage of doing it that way is also, um, I know a lot of people stop short of uh, 160, but uh, summer sausage is supposed to be a semi-dried product, so getting it up to 160 does give you more of that authentic summer sausage uh, or texture without having to go through all the rigmarole of using uh, a culture. Awesome. Hey, John, we have like two minutes left. Tell us uh, what you have going on for your summer sale at Walton's. Sure. Uh, sorry I talked too much or talked too long, just like I always do. Um, <laughs> we've got a bunch of things on sale. Uh, they'll probably be going through at least the end of the round. They'll probably be going to the end of this month. Right now we've got like uh, 100. $60 off our chambered vacuum sealer, $150 off our 20-pound electric stuffer. Almost all of our grinders are somewhere around $100 off. We've got uh, mixers on sale, scales, injectors, all sorts of things. So those are at uh, waltons.com right now. We've got a big thing at the top that just says summer sale. Click on that. You can see everything. 
Awesome. And for those of you that haven't, check out Meet Gistics podcast. It's on the Talk North Network or uh, on YouTube, Meet Gistics. You get to see John uh, and Austin experiment on all sorts of things. They try, uh, they have a segment called Will It Barbecue where they tried doing beaver tail and it didn't go so well. Uh, possum didn't go so well. Is there anything that went really well that you thought would be disgusting? That's a good question. Rattlesnake was way better than I thought it would. Um, but probably the best that I didn't really trust was mountain lion. (laughs) It was unbelievable. It was amazing. Well, let's, uh, let's get some dogs and go do it, buddy. Um, John from Walton's, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I had a great time as always with you and, uh, can't wait to talk to you again soon. Okay. Sounds good, Mark. All right. Have a good Sunday night. That's John from Walton's go to waltons.com. Awesome family owned company from Wichita. They aren't even a sponsor, but I love them so much. I will promote them up and down anytime. Go to Walton's and get everything you need. Well, we are running up on time here. Uh, I want to thank Eric Hegel for joining me and, uh, I really appreciate you coming in. Hey, thanks for having me. Next week, you'll be hearing from Strewman while I'm in Canada. But in in the meantime, get outdoors and make some memories.